0: We're just one day away from voters heading to the polls to make their voices heard, and many states are looking to avoid the low voter turnouts that plagued the 2016 election. Hear how Michigan is hoping to increase voter turnout on Election Day by making it legal to cast your ballot by shouting a candidate's name from the comforts of your front lawn. From the Onion & Onion Public Radio, I'm Leslie Price, and this is The Topical. If you're still undecided on whether or not you want to hear more news, don't worry, because I'm about to make that decision for you. Back in a moment.
1: For President, Donald Trump, Mike Pence.
0: That's the sound of what Michigan election officials are hoping will amount to a record voter turnout in the 2020 election. OPR ballot correspondent Marcy Hammond joins us now with more. Marcy, these voters are sounding loud and proud.
1: That's right, Leslie. After an abysmally low voter turnout in 2016, Michigan decided to do away with much of the red tape that so often prevents voting and allow Michiganders to cast their ballot by simply walking outside of their house and yelling the name of the candidate they wish to vote for. Mm -hmm. And so far, early shouting numbers are already far exceeding those of the last election. Here's Lydia Gibson from the Michigan Bureau of Elections explaining the new process. We have poll workers driving around city streets and back roads, logging all of the verbal ballots to ensure everyone's screams are heard loud and clear. It's safe, it's secure, and it's impossible to hack.
0: Impossible to hack?
1: That's right. Michigan officials are saying this method is just as, if not more, secure than traditional voting methods. Oh. But some critics say it could be even more susceptible to voter intimidation and suppression. Opponents are pointing to Georgia's failed attempt at a similar voting option in 2018 to show why it just doesn't work. Take a listen to this audio from a Georgia voter who feels they were not able to cast their vote fairly.
2: Poor Governor Stacy. Oh. I cast my vote for
1: St- Stacy Avery That
0: is alarming, and I'm sure some of those longer ballot measures could really take the wind out of you. But how do voters in Michigan feel about the method?
1: Overall, voters are in favor of pretty much anything that will alleviate long lines at the polls. Plus, sometimes it just feels good to scream at the top of your lungs. Mm-hmm. But I did speak with some Michigan residents who voted by scream back in the 2018 midterms, and they had some concerns. I just don't trust it. Two years ago, I was just calling my son in for dinner. He's only seven, but he's been the mayor of Kalamazoo ever since, and he has no idea what he's doing. I don't know.
2: I say vote, but they can't understand the vote. So, no vote for me.
1: Well, as you just heard, many voters are simply too drunk to properly articulate their choices, but it's not just the inebriated who are skeptical. I spoke with one candidate from 2018, Giuseppe Panicucci, who believes this new method of voting may have cost him a shot at county treasurer. I heard all sorts of pronunciations of my name during the election. pan papa that Italian? And every time that happens, that's a vote that goes unheard. We're just always going to be facing an uphill battle against the Smiths and the Johnsons of the world. And Panaguchi isn't totally off-base. Surveys show with every additional syllable in a candidate's name, voters are exponentially more likely to just give up halfway through, go back inside, and have a snack instead of voting.
0: Wow, that does sound concerning for some of the local candidates. But what about nationally? Could this new method of voting have any untold effects in the presidential race?
1: Oh, not at all. Michigan may be a tight race, but regardless of who wins the state, the presidency is still expected to be decided by four people in a Wisconsin suburb and one recluse in the backwoods of North Carolina.
0: True democracy should function. Thank you, Marcy. That's OPR's Marcy Hammond. We'll be back in a moment. Well, folks, as we head into the final stretch of the 2020 presidential election, uncertainty still abounds. Is Biden's polling lead insurmountable? Can the enthusiasm of Trump supporters deliver him a stunning victory over the nation's non-whites? And what about the fact that every aspect of democracy is broken? Life is chaos, and most voters couldn't find their own ass without a map. Well, don't worry, because here to soothe your tiny worried mind is OPR's immortal election correspondent, Barnaby Winslow, who has incredibly predicted 12 of the last 58 presidential elections correctly. Barnaby, thank you for joining us.
2: Good to be back, Leslie. And this may be my 16th or 17th most fraught election of my life.
0: Mm -hmm. Now, Barnaby, most people wonder why we don't have you on as our chief health correspondent, considering you're incapable of dying. But even more impressive than your immortality is the fact that you famously defied conventional wisdom and predicted that Donald Trump would win in 2016.
2: Well, as you know, I've had incredible success in the past. I've been refining this process for over 200 years and was one of the only people to predict Grover Cleveland would win in 1884, although only about 30 people in Rulo, Nebraska saw the pamphlet. Needless to say, I conceded the results of this election with 99% confidence.
0: Wow, too bad you don't give stock tips. <laughs> Now, you've been predicting elections ever since finding that amulet in 1642 and have a ton of experience in the field. What do you say to skeptical people who think polling accuracy has been scattershot recently?
2: I stand by my methods and my results, even if some people don't understand how probability works. I'll admit I missed pretty big in 1904 by basing my model on the rye harvest. Hmm. But I don't blame people for being skeptical. Statistics is like alchemy. It's as much art as it is science.
0: Mm, interesting. And how how has your model performed in other years?
2: Well, we certainly hit a rough patch in the 1830s and 40s when I was accused of being a sorcerer on account of my divination research, and also being 172 years old at the time. Mm. So that hurt my model for sure, but I was right that the country wasn't ready to elect Abraham Lincoln. People didn't listen to me, and look how that turned out.
0: That is an impressive amount of time and research, but ever since you picked Romney to win in 2012, you've had your fair share of naysayers. Have you had your model to account for that?
2: Well, I'm human, Leslie, or at least I think I am. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I let my heart get in the way of the data. I had Obama winning, but then a flock of ravens perched on my shed during a rainstorm. Plus. There were a lot more Romney signs in my neighborhood.
0: Right, but many of your colleagues in the projection world say you should not have been taken seriously after betting against FDR in all four elections.
2: I didn't think America was ready to elect a red communist or a cripple. And what about the election of 1820? Look, I weighed the economic conditions in the country against partisan enthusiasm and that comet I saw. Monroe looked dead in the water. It was uncontested. Well, everyone makes mistakes, right? You can't make an omelet without breaking a few eggs.
0: I suppose that's true. But what about this year's model? I like all the colors and graphs and stuff. It looks very convincing.
2: Oh, yes. I have ripped a free version of PowerPoint and audited an online class in color theory, so that helps. I've come a long way from using chicken bones and the blood of a Scotsman. Hmm? I even have an algorithm that includes voter registration data, economic forecasts, box office returns. And the most popular baby names. Plus, I found that Polish blood produces a much more nuanced prediction.
0: Well, then I suppose there's nothing left to discuss. It's the moment everyone's been waiting for, Barnaby. Your model. What does it say? Who is going to win the presidency tomorrow night? Tomorrow night? Yeah, tomorrow.
2: Election night. Oh, there will be no winners tomorrow night, or the night after, or the week after or for many more nights to come. Oh, is that right? Okay, Barnaby, whatever you say. There will be no winner, and chaos will reign. This election will be like nothing we've ever seen, and it may not be decided until it reaches the Supreme Court. Jesus Christ,
0: I think the old fart's finally off his rocket.
2: Chaos! will rain!
0: Oh, okay, Barnaby, that's right. Chaos, no winners. Now let's get you over to your
2: chair. I die.
0: All right, folks, that's gonna do it for The Topical today. I'm Leslie Price. Tomorrow is an historic day in the fall of our democracy, and OPR is going to be there to hold your trembling little hand every step of the way. So be sure to like and subscribe to The Topical wherever you get your podcast. Hey, will you shut up? I'm trying to sign off. And of course, don't forget to vote. Doesn't matter where, doesn't matter when, doesn't matter for who, you just have to do it. Otherwise, people are going to know and they're gonna make fun of you. So just do it and we'll see you tomorrow.